how do you feel like you wrestled this weekend? I wrestled. <laughs> it was great. It was fun being back. What was kind of the process into getting to this point for you? I know that there was a lot that went into it. But... Oh, we didn't even know if I was going to wrestle. Uh, so basically, we didn't really train like I was going to wrestle. I mean, we did, kind of. But uh, basically, they said it's my call, and I said I'll wrestle all the matches. I don't care. So uh, I, I would wrestle all the matches this year. But, you know, you got to be smart. So I was just, I said, I said I'll wrestle all of them. Let's go. So. Was there anything you were hoping to learn from being on the mat this weekend or this week? I guess just being back after six months and you know a lot, a lot of time off the mat, so it was, it was it was different, but good learning experience. Being back with a team like that, especially in an environment like this, how did, I mean, how does that feel? Back with your brothers, back on the mat, back back part of it. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, it, it really stinks um, not wrestling because you're you feel like you could have you know set the pace better. Uh, so I gotta do a better job of that, anyways. But uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun, and then it's, it's, it's a lot different when your team's wrestling and you're sitting on the bench the whole time versus when you wrestle and come back. You know, your nerves are gone. You just put on a show, hopefully, um, and get to watch and have fun with your brothers. How nice can a battle like this at this point in the season? I mean, how much can I help you guys moving forward? Uh, I think it's just good to know that guys they they want to win too, and we gotta be ready to go. You know, we got you know target on our back and you know this is uh, that was done you know it's like a super bowl for them you know but it's in december so it's good for us good 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 for everyone uh so not, not not nothing was bad so all right thanks for yeah. was Spencer Lee, of course. Uh, got to talk to him after the Journeyman Collegiate Wrestling Duels made a season debut that week down in Florida. Went 3-0, outscored his opponents 31-1. to Those were his first live matches in about nine months. And as it turns out, those will be the only three matches he will wrestle this season. Lee announced on Saturday he's no longer going to compete during the 21-22 season. He will undergo surgery to fully repair his knees, be eligible to apply for a medical hardship waiver, medical redshirt, uh, in return for the 22-23 season. That is how we are going to lead off today's show. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am glad you are here. Been a long time since we last talked. Took two full weeks off between shows, which was not my initial plan. Had at least one show planned for each of the last two weeks, but life happened. Um, things fell through. I scrambled for some weak backup plans that also fell through because of other circumstances. You don't care about any of that. Nevertheless, here I am back again, and I thank you for tuning in. We have a lot to get to on today's show. We're going to start with Spencer. Um, got a few, a few quick thoughts on him. Then we're going to dive into some other fun stuff like Drake Ayala and the other Hawkeye wrestlers who competed at the Southern Scuffle. Then we're going to end with a fun conversation with Gabe Arnold, the latest star high school wrestling recruit to commit to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Loaded show today. Um, happy. I'm recording this on Monday night. You're probably not listening until Tuesday, um, January 4th, 2022. That new year is going to take a little bit of time to get used to. Um, but hey, here we are. Thanks for tuning in. We're glad you're here. and Let's dive right in, right? So 
So Spencer is done for the season, and there's a lot to f- of fruit, I believe, to pick from this particular branch. Let's begin with the obvious. Spencer released a statement on Saturday announcing that he would miss the rest of the season. He's going to have surgery to fix uh, both ACLs in both knees. His statement, I think, does a really good job explaining his thought process about why he chose to not get surgery last year. Um, let's get to the statement first, and then I'll kind of explain what I mean by that. Um, he says, quote, First things first, my coaches and medical team are truly the best, and I am so thankful for their support throughout my time at the University of Iowa. After I tore my ACL in the 2019 NCAA Finals, there wasn't time to have surgery and still qualify and prepare for the Olympic trials, so I made the decision to pursue the path of rehabilitation. My knee came back remarkably fast, and I was able to win the U.S. Senior Nationals and qualify for the trials. Matter of fact, I competed at the U.S. Senior Nationals without any form of a brace and felt great. That experience showed me I could compete without surgery. It also influenced my decision to forego surgery and choose rehabilitation after injuring my other knee in the 2021 Big Ten Championship Finals. Unfortunately, that knee has not responded in the same way. It was my goal to compete this year for this team and with my teammates that I care so much about. But when I returned to competition, um, it became clear I would not be able to perform as I did the prior year due to the instability in both knees and extreme soreness during and after competition. As a result, my coaches, medical staff, and family believe the best course of action at this time is surgery so that when I return, I can compete to my full potential. I thank you all for your unwavering support, Spencer Lee, end quote. Okay, that statement reveals a few things, I think. And first and foremost is that this entire experiment was Spencer's decision, right? A lot of people, myself included, kind of curious about why he didn't get surgery right away. After he decided not to compete at the Olympic trials last spring, he was miraculous at the 2021 NCAA championships, winning his third national title, went 5-0, and outscored his opponents 59-8. to He was wrestling on torn two ACLs, uh, something he did not reveal to us until after the tournament had ended. On a live ESPN interview, um, a week later, he decided not to wrestle at the Olympic trials but opted not to get surgery, right? So he went all in on this extensive rehab to strengthen the muscles so as to stabilize his knee. It worked once, right? He explained that after he toured it 2019, they pursued that aggressive rehab. And I mean, he wrestled that season and just blitzed everybody, right? He won the U.S. Senior National Championships, won the Hodge Trophy. He was the one seed. He had literally bonused everybody on his way through that season. Then COVID canceled the NCAA Championships. Like it was just, it was nuts, right? Um, It worked. And, you know, in his mind, he had no reason to think it wouldn't work again, right? So he tried it, wrestled at the Journeyman event in Florida. And to be honest, I thought he looked pretty good, right? He beat, who did he beat? Central Michigan's Brock Berglund, 17-0, looked like Spencer. Uh, Beat Lehigh's Jarrett Lane, 8-0, again, looked like Spencer. And then he beat NC State's Jacob Camacho, 6-1. Iowa won all three of those duels. I know we didn't really touch on that. I was kind of hoping to touch on that, but that was... The day that I was going to record that podcast was the day the Midlands was canceled. So we'll touch on that here in a minute. So that was one of my plans that fell through because I wanted to uh, record a podcast with Corby, just kind of what we learned from Iowa and you and I that weekend. And well, then things went hairy. Anyway, Iowa won all three of those duels. I thought Spencer looked good. He did not look like he was going to be as dominant as he had been with at least one healthy knee, but I was convinced he could still do it. Um by do it, I mean navigate the season, win another national title. Like I know that was a small sample size. It was three matches. Um, it was his first time wrestling in nine months. But I just, I, rem- I just, I remember sitting in Florida thinking, "Hey, uh, okay, 
he's he's going to do this, and we're going to see what happens because he was doing a lot of little things as well that made me think, you know, hey, he's he's got enough Matt Savvy know-how, technical expertise to probably pull this off. Ultimately, he decided against continuing. Um, he'll have surgery this Friday, apply for medical hardship. Um, you know, medical hardship waiver is the official term. We often refer to it as a medical red shirt. Um, and he should probably be a lock to get it. Medical hardship waivers granted to athletes who don't participate in any more than 30% of a team's total competitions in a season. He's only wrestled three matches. We're going to get the full season in this year. He should be good. Um, yeah, so that'll make him eligible to return for the 22-23 season, um, which is a really interesting thing all on its own. Hoping to um, record another show later this week where we kind of dive into that a little bit more, um, trying to find the right guest to maybe pick their brain about it and just have a really good conversation about what that means. Um, but the other obvious thing about Spencer's statement, right, is that Iowa needs another 125-pounder for the rest of the season, and that's what leads us to Drake Ayala and the Southern Scuffle. Okay, all eyes were on Drake Ayala this weekend. They were already going to be because he and a handful of other redshirt freshmen, um, or I guess redshirt rustlers, um, they finally got the chance to compete in a major midseason tournament, which was kind of a minor miracle in itself, to be honest. I kind of alluded to this earlier. I wanted to record a show after Iowa and UNI's performance at the Collegiate Wrestling Duels. Uh, mentioned Iowa went 3-0. and um, dominated Central Michigan, won handily against Lehigh, won a thriller against NC State. You and I went one and two. Um, they got it handed to them pretty good against Cornell and Penn State, and then they were able to thump Hofstra on the last day. Um, I know that was really quick. I wanted to dive more into that, but we didn't because, well, the Midlands got canceled, right? Um, so Iowa normally attends the Midlands Championships. Um, Northwestern decided to cancel the competition this year due to COVID-19. Um, that launched a fury of tweets I guess, I don't know, people were just really upset about it. I was also really upset by it. Um, I know coaches were really upset by it because Northwestern didn't really give them a heads up that, hey, by the way, we're going to cancel this tournament, right? Um, just a really weird situation. So um, naturally, a bunch of replacement tournaments pop up, right? Like we all know about Illinois Matt Men. Um, they basically saved the Midlands. Um you know, they, they, I mean, they called it the Matt Men Open, but let's be real. It was the Midlands. They held it in the same arena. They even used Midlands mats. Um, you know, I, I know that that was not exactly Northwestern wrestling program's choice because I know the Midlands is a really big moneymaker for them, but the whole thing kind of looked a little silly to me. Um, here in Iowa, the Iowa City Sports Commission and Think Iowa City, they tried to launch the Hawkeye Open at Extreme Arena in Coralville. Um, that would have been a Herculean effort. Proved to be a little bit too much, and they flatlined that effort um, not long after. Um, why the Matt Men went off and not the Hawkeye Open? Well, think of it this way. Everybody that was already going to the Midlands had hotels booked. They had flights booked. Um, it made sense to just keep it there and keep all those teams going there because that meant that they could you know, they didn't have to change anything, right? They were just – it was changing the way – they were just changing the name of the tournament basically, right? Um why didn't Iowa stick around? Well, here's what happened. Tom Brands gave his word to Josh Schomberger, who's the president of Think Iowa City, and he's one of the masterminds behind every wrestling event held at Extreme Arena since it opened, right? Girl State Championships, Senior National Championships, Junior World Team Trials, um, the Dan Gable Donnybrook, right? Like every single wrestling event that's come through Extreme Arena, Josh Schomberger's had a hand in it. He has been wanting to launch an open tournament like this for a long time that had both a men's and women's division. Um, he figured now would, hey, the Midlands is gone. Let's launch this and see what we can do. Um, Tom Brands gave his word that 
the Hawkeyes would be at that particular tournament. But by the time the Hawkeye Open flatlined, it was a little too late to try and go back to Chicago. So that's why Iowa did not stick around and go to the Mad Men Open. So as a last gasp effort, Iowa called the Southern Scuffle, which was once considered the toughest midseason tournament in college wrestling, at least not too long ago, if my memory serves correctly, right? Um, I felt like there were a few years where the field at the Scuffle was better than the field at the Midlands, and I always thought that maybe Iowa should go to the Scuffle instead of the Midlands, right? Life's really funny. Um, This year's field wasn't quite the same barn burner as it's been in previous seasons when you had Cornell and Penn State and really good Missouri teams and other just East Coast teams all flocked to Chattanooga, um, but it's still there was still a lot of high level competition there, um, and so Iowa sent fourteen guys down to Chattanooga. So that's why those guys ended up down there. Um, in the case of Drake, this instantly became a really fun tournament for him because the competition available at one hundred twenty five pounds, um, it was pretty good, right? Well, Drake Ayala is pretty good too. Um, we we know this. Um, he went five and one. He took third. His only loss came to Minnesota All-American Pat McKee and his five wins. He outscored his opponent 68 to 28. So again, pretty good. He came in unseated, picked off the six seed Oklahoma State's Reese Whitcraft, the five seed Appalachian State's Caleb Smith, um, and the three seed Missouri's Noah Certain. Uh, Drake beat him twice, nine to three in the quarterfinal, um, which actually came exactly 40 minutes after Spencer's announcement, which was kind of funny, right? Um, and then Drake beat him again, 14 to 10 in the third place match where he flashed his clearly elite gas tank. He was down 7-0. Certain took him to a feet-to-back in the first period, added an escape in the second. Um, so Drake's down 7-0 with two minutes to go, and all he does is put up 14 points in the final 95 seconds of the match, four takedowns. He followed two of them with back points, um, and it was insane on a number of different levels, and it was a victory that sent shockwaves through the wrestling community because you're not supposed to do that. Well, Drake did that. Uh, More importantly, it was probably the latest and strongest example that Drake Ayala is absolutely ready for the big time. He is ready for Division I wrestling. Um, And if Tom Brands decides to call his name and pull his red shirt, um, I think Iowa fans should feel pretty confident in what they're going to get from Drake Ayala. He's not the only option, and this is where things get interesting about what's coming this weekend, right? There's Drake at 125. There's Jesse Ibarra, who has manned the starting spot at 125 earlier this season while Spencer was still working his way back. Jesse's 5-1 and one this year, um, 3-0 and oh at the Luther Open, won another one by forfeit against Princeton, and then the 3-1 OT win over Army's Ryan Chauvin. Um, he lost 8-2 to two, Iowa State's Kyson Tarakina in the Cyhawk duel. Um, he's been fine, maybe a little bit more to be desired, I think, especially offensively. Um, third options, Aaron Cashman, 7-5 and five all-time for the Hawkeyes, but he has not wrestled yet this season. So Drake, on the other hand, 10-2 and two now. Both of his losses have come to McKee, first at the UNI Open, earlier in December, and then again at the Scuffle. Between them, I thought Drake showed quite a bit of growth. Um, not enough to get the win either time, obviously, but there was enough growth to show that he's still improving and getting better, and that's kind of a scary thought, right? Um, at the UNI Open, McKee won 8-4. At the Scuffle, it was 6-5. to five. So um, hey, full disclosure here, I, I'm a tad biased. Um, I've been watching Drake Russell since he was in seventh grade. I've been writing about him since he won a national title the summer before his freshman year at Fort Dodge. I was there for all three of his state titles, um, both of his junior national titles as he went through the recruiting process. And now that he's here at a Hawkeye, I literally, before we were recording, before we, before I started recording this, um, I was texting with Drake today, asking him about how he felt about his performance a day removed, you know, now that he had time to kind of process it a little bit more and, you know, just had a good conversation. 
was just like, you know, hey, man, like I'll see you in Iowa City this Friday, whether or not you're wrestling, right? Um, I love talking to him and picking his brain about wrestling and non-wrestling stuff, right? Um, clearly, I'm leaning toward him when it comes to Iowa's options to fill in at 125. But let's remove the bias here and be perfectly honest. Drake just kind of passes the eye test in a way that Yabara and Cashman just haven't yet. He's aggressive offensively. Um For those of you that like stats, here's a fun one. Drake averaged 13.6 points per match at the Southern Scuffle. Jesse Ibarra has scored 33 total match points in his five contested matches this season. Um, Drake's also tactical and smart defensively. He has shown growth in the short time we've seen him compete, and that is sometimes hard to do at the Division I level. Look at all the countless wrestlers that have come through Iowa, Iowa State, UNI, any other program that you might follow. Um, Sometimes guys take a long time to get adjusted. Drake has had three tournaments and he just looks the part, right? He's shown that he's ready. We'll find out if that means he'll be in Iowa starting lineup this weekend. The Hawkeyes host both Minnesota and Purdue. It's a Friday, Sunday doubleheader at Carver Hawkeye Arena, Friday at 7 p.m., Sunday at 2 p.m. Maybe he'll run it back against McKee. Maybe he won't. We'll all find out soon. Uh, before we get to the rest of the scuffle, one of our Intermat homies, uh, Rachel Gallardo, um, was actually in Chattanooga this weekend. She was taking a bunch of pictures and stuff for Intermat, doing some interviews and stuff, and she actually caught up with Drake after he beat Certain for third place. Um, she sent the audio to me, and here I am sharing it with you guys now. About four minutes long, nothing super groundbreaking, but it was fun to hear from Drake after a tremendous performance at the scuffle. Let's go to that now. Okay, we have 125-pounder Drake Ayala from the beautiful black and gold Iowa making his grand return to wrestling. So talk about this tournament, your entry, your return to wrestling. How's it feeling? How are you feeling? What's the, what's the vibes right now? Um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of uncertain what we were going to do in the beginning of the week because uh, we were focused on the Hawkeye Open. Well, it was Midlands, then the Hawkeye Open, and we decided to come to Scuffle, and I mean, it was a lot of fun. I like competing, so... All right, awesome, awesome. So tell me about how you're feeling just in general, like health, wellness, all that. How's that going? I feel great. Um, I mean, can't complain. I, f- I feel really good. So. All right, awesome. Weight's good. Yeah. Weight management's good this season. Yep, yep, right, going awesome. good. So uh, you know, looking, at your, looking at your tournament performance this, this today, this weekend, um, what are some things that you're really proud of and what are some things that you think, okay, we're going to go back to the drawing board and work on that in the room this week? Um, I mean, there's things that me and my coaches know we need to get better at, and we're going to go, and we're going to enforce it, and we're going to get better. Um, I don't really know those things right now, but we'll get better there. All right, just a little film review. Yeah. Go check yeah, it out. Go, yep. Yeah. Some, can't always think about it right off the bat, because it's, it's been a lot the past couple weeks. It feels like it's been a month yeah. of, of craziness. <laughs> yeah, that's um, So, let's talk about that. Um, that third place match that was really intense at the end there you got those four back points um what was going through your mind at that point um you know i just kept kept going i guess i i got down in a hole and and i was down but i mean i knew that i i just i just need to keep scoring so that's what i did and i had fun doing it so all right awesome so how do you um you know kind of keep your head on straight during times like that i've noticed there are some competitors who can really wrestle in a more calm and mindful way and there's some wrestlers who get in positions like that and it feels like they're kind of frazzled and kind of wrestle a little bit in a, in a wild state so how do you keep your calm in situations like that um you know that's kind of a hard hard answer I, I really don't know I just have always kind of stayed composed and I've stayed in the match whether I'm down or not and so uh, that's what I've always done so so I'm gonna continue to do you're just, you're just being Drake yeah I guess you're just, you're just being you <laughs> yep awesome so Tell me, um, I feel like this is a really good tournament to gauge kind of your performance for the rest of the season. So based on this weekend's 
um, outcome. Where do you see yourself at the end of the season? And I know you're redshirting, but you know, with whatever other competition that you may get into, where do you see yourself? Um, I mean, just take it day by day and match by match, and just continue to get better. Um, continue to work on where I need to improve on, and just get stronger and keep having fun. So. Awesome. So, as far as the rest of your college career goes, um, where do you see yourself? What are your long-term goals at Iowa? Um, I mean, my long, my term, my my goals at Iowa would be a four-time NCAA champion. So. All right. Awesome. Awesome. And. Um, I want to ask you some fun questions to talk about. Uh, what's your what's one of your favorite parts about being at Iowa, being a student at Iowa? Um, just really the brotherhood and friendships I've made. I mean, the guys on the team are are really cool, and I've got to know them really well, and so it's 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 a lot of fun. All right, awesome. And then tell me about uh, what was your post weigh in snack the past couple days? My post weigh in, um, I gotta go with a bagel, some oatmeal, and some fruit. Did you put anything on the bagel? Oh, yeah, peanut butter. <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome. Crunchy or creamy? Uh, creamy. Okay, and do you toast the bagel, or do you just eat it plain? Uh, I mean, preferably, yeah, but we don't really have a toaster here, so. Yeah, it's kind of hard to travel just, with. Yeah. <laughs> All right, awesome. So, um, what's next for you with your competition schedule, or do you know yet? Um, I don't really know. Uh, just whatever the coaches say, I'll, I'll be there. So. so, you're just rolling with the punches? Yep. You're just you're trying to stay flexible. We yeah. like it, we like it. All right, yeah. is there anything you'd like to say to the friends, the fans, the family? Uh, Nope. I love them. Thank you, and go Hawks. All right. Thanks, man. The rest of the scuffle was equally as fun. Drake was obviously the headliner, but six total Hawkeye wrestlers um, finished on the podium over the weekend, and I got thoughts on all of them, right? Of the six who finished on the podium, four of them were redshirt wrestlers. Um, Drake, obviously, but also Colin Schriever took fourth at 133. Wyatt Henson took fifth at 141, and Patrick Kennedy took sixth at 165. I'm glad right at the top that these guys got to compete because tournaments like this are extremely valuable for their overall development. It's a high-level multi-day competition that just gives them different looks multiple times a day and it's interesting to see how they respond and how they compete and it kind of really gives us a true gauge of where they're at right um i was bummed that the midlands were canceled and even more bummed when the hawkeye open plans fell through but i was really excited that they got to go to the scuffle right because iowa literally never goes to the scuffle um which kind of made this all the more fun right um Anyway, the results. Colin Shriver seems to have a nose for fourth place. Um, that's where he finished at both the junior and the U23 men's freestyle world team trials last spring. At the scuffle, he went 5-2 and two overall. Um, lost to Michigan State's Rayvon Foley, 10-5 in the semifinals. And then Chattanooga's Braden Palmer, 4-2 to in overtime in the third place match. Uh, Colin... This is another guy I've been watching for forever, right? He continues to show that he's capable offensively, like very capable offensively. And his five wins put up 41 points. And even in his losses, he got in on a ton of shots. Against Palmer, his struggles were just primarily finishing those shots. Palmer, pretty savvy defensively, um, was able to get into a handful of scrambles. There was kind of a weird stall thing early in the match. I don't know if Palmer should have been hit for a second stall call. Kind of looked like he was. Didn't hold up. The ref erased it. So anyway, Colin finally converts a takedown for two late in the match after Palmer gets a reversal. That forced overtime, and then Palmer won a scramble in overtime to win the match. Um, against Foley, he just he, he got into an early holes, 5-1. Um, he came back with a couple of takedowns, got within 6-5, but then he gave up a, another late takedown, um, just couldn't quite complete the comeback. I still thought he competed really hard. Um, I'm always going to like the way Colin Shriver wrestlers, especially now that he's healthy. Um, so it was just really exciting to kind of see him get back out there. And, and I thought he competed really hard. Henson, um, also went five and two. He reached the quarters at 41. Um, and along the way he beat both, um, Quinn Kenner from Ryder, former Buckeye. He's ranked number 
six by Intermat. Um, and then he beat uh, Angelo Martinoni. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, 21st ranked wrestler from Cal State Bakersfield. Um, Wyatt won that one 10 to two. He beat Kenner seven to three. Um, he had an opportunity to upset Northern Colorado's Andrew Alirez, who's ranked eighth, senior men's freestyle national champ. Couldn't really generate any offense in the third period, and he lost one to zero. Um, so it was good to see Henson get some legit competition. He had been wrestling primarily in the freshman division at tournaments and had mostly ripped through those opponents without a whole lot of resistance. Um, I like the offense he rep- he presents in each match, um, save for that Alirez match. That was just a little odd to me. I don't know. Anyway, he... He's got a lot of versatility in his attacks, and it's fun when he decides to employ a lot of different looks throughout a match. Um, probably needs to work a little bit more on the mat like most freshmen do, but I see a lot of potential here um, with with Wyatt Henson. Kennedy, 4-3 and three overall, went 4-2 and two in contested matches. He medically forfeited out of his fifth-place match. Um, both of his losses were identical 6-4 to four overtime defeats. He'd scored early. Um, he'd give up points late out of scrambles and then he lost in overtime again out of scrambles um six to four losses to west virginia's 13th ranked peyton hall and appalachian state's 24th ranked will formato so these guys aren't bad but they both again they outscrambled kennedy to score um points themselves and also erase opportunities for kennedy um so the lesson here is that he just kind of needs to learn how to wrestle through positions better or learn to finish his shots quicker, right? He did not lack for offensive opportunities in either match. He was able to get in on shots. Um, In both matches, he scored a takedown very quickly. Um, Maybe learn to do both, right? Learn to finish quicker. Learn, obviously, to wrestle your way through various scramble positions. I think that's obviously the the best solution when it comes to his long-term prospects. But again, this is what tournaments like the Scuffle in the Midlands reveal, right? This is this will be good for PK in the long run. Um, also, hope he isn't actually seriously injured or hurt since he didn't wrestle in his last match. Good vibes, good vibes. Um, finally, last two Hawkeyes finished on the podium: Brennan Swafford, Aaron Costello. Swafford, who had been wrestling unattached but wrestled attached, he was in Iowa's All Black singlet this weekend. Went three and three, took sixth at one seventy four. Won his first three matches to make the semifinals, and then he lost his last three matches, took the semi slide to sixth. Um, very hot and cold weekend. Ready for this? Swafford scored nine takedowns in his first three matches where he outscored his opponents 26 to 13 and then none across his final three where he was outscored 25 to four so again very hot and cold kind of intriguing to see him come out of red shirt um so we'll see kind of what happens there i anticipate we might be seeing michael kemmer here before too much longer so who knows we'll see right um his semi-final loss though six to two decision to south dakota state's Cade devos the same Cade devos that was a two-time state champ for southeast polk um Cade ended up winning it at 174 five and oh outscored his opponents 40 to 15 or 40 to 14 excuse me he scored 15 takedowns across his five matches and allowed zero um he had been wrestling at 57 the last couple years but he jumped two weight classes this season and guys he looks good uh massive problem at 174 especially because of his length he's he's always been kind of a longer and lankier wrestler but he definitely wrestles like um you know a lighter weight right i mean he i mean he started at 103 as a freshman when he was in high school and then he ended up winning it at um 160 right as a senior So, you know, he still just, he has the tendency as a bigger guy to wrestle like a little guy, which is obviously, I think, going to pay dividends for him. Um, It's paying dividends so far. I believe he's now 18 and two this season. Um, You know, he's ranked 12th in the country by Intermat, which is awesome. In the finals, he converted a takedown, real slick stuff, um, just like low ankle grabs. Um, 
over Missouri's Peyton Mako in the finals, who won that match 3-2, third period takedown. It was excellent. He looked every bit like an All-American contender this weekend. Um, always love watching him compete. Him and Tanner Sloan from Auburnette led South Dakota State this weekend. Sloan took fourth at 197 pounds. Anyway, um, Aaron Costello, 5-2, and two, took fourth place at heavyweight, rolled into the semifinals, wrestled his way back to the third-place match. His losses... Uh, Cornell's Luis Fernandez, who's ranked 18th nationally. That was 9-0. That was in the semis. And then he lost North Coast State's Brandon Metz 4-1. That was in the third-place match. Both matches, uh, Costello struggled a little bit to get out from bottom. Not a little bit, a lot of bit. Um, but among his five wins, he beat Virginia Tech's Hunter Catko, who's a past NCAA qualifier. He beat NC State's Tyree Houghton, who wrestled really tough against Tony Cassiope in Florida, if you guys will remember that. Um, and then he also beat West Virginia's Michael Wolfgram, who... Um, Top 20 guy in the country at 285 by Intermat. So, you know, Aaron Costello doesn't get as much love as Big Cass because we don't get to see him a lot, but he's still a damn good heavyweight, guys. And I don't want, you know, that's that's the other fun thing about tournaments like this. We get to see guys who aren't the starters, who are more depth guys. And, you know, I think we forget sometimes how good these guys are. So it was really fun to see, um, you know, a guy like Aaron Costello get an opportunity to come out and compete. I mean, he came in unseated too, stormed his way into the semifinals, finished top four at the Southern Scuffle. Not an easy thing to do. Shows you just how good he is, how much depth Iowa has at heavyweight. And don't forget about guys like that. There's lots of guys in Iowa's room like that. And, and these tournaments get to, we get to real, the, these types of tournaments reveal that a little bit more. So, which is always fun. Okay, we're wrapping up today's show with a fun interview with Gabe Arnold, the newest Iowa wrestling recruit. Um, Iowa uh, landed the commitment from one Gabe Arnold. This was on New Year's Day. He is now the fourth known commitment for Iowa's 2023 recruiting class. That's the current junior class. Um, He joined Southeast Polk's Nate Jessaroga. Iowa City High's Ben Keeter and Waverly Shell Rock's Ryder Block. Um, Gabe, currently the number one ranked 170-pounder in the country. That's according to Matt Scouts. Um, And he's also considered the number six overall pound-for-pound prospect in the 2023 class. This is a big deal, guys. He won a 16U men's freestyle national title last summer. Um, where he went 7-0 and he outscored his opponents 67-3. Light work. Um... He's also a two-time national prep champ for Wyoming Seminary out of Pennsylvania, the same school that Colby Franklin attends. Um, So there might be a Wyoming Sim to Iowa pipeline. I did ask him about that. You'll see what he says here in just a second. He also won Flow Wrestling's Who's Number One event back in September. He's high-powered, exciting wrestler, projects at 165, 174-ish, absolute monster on the mat. And this was a monster get for the Hawkeyes. They won this recruiting battle over the likes of Missouri, Virginia Tech, even Penn State sniffed around on Gabe Arnold for a little while there. Um, In any case, talk to Gabe about his commitment to Iowa, what sold him on the Hawkeye program, and what his recruiting process was like. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I think you guys will as well. I wanted to release this as its own separate podcast the day he announced his commitment, but then the Spencer news happened. Um, A few other things happened that kind of kept me from getting around to editing that particular podcast. Um, Again, you guys don't really care about that, but I figured I still wanted to include it. Figured it'd be a nice cap to our first show back in two weeks. Anyways, love chatting with Gabe. I think all Iowa fans are probably going to love having this dude in their program. Let's go to that conversation now. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Um, very excited for you and your family. I talked to your dad uh, earlier this morning, and he, he dropped the good news. So congrats, man. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I'm freaking pumped. So. Absolutely. What, was, uh, what ultimately sold you on Iowa? What was the deciding factor? Um... I think for me, it was a combination of things. I think 
I mean, just for one commentary and just the whole coaching staff in general is great. I mean, on my visit, I was I was damn near ready to commit. Just you know, being around just the team, you know, just being around that culture and hearing Tom and Terry speak, you know, it's just one of those things that just I don't know, just it just drew me into that. I mean, I, I don't know if it was a a spell thing more than anything, but I mean, I completely bought it into the program. You know, the second I, I got done with my visit, you know, or not even the second I got done, the second my visit began. So, you know, it was just, I don't know, it felt like it was one of those things that it just felt right. You know, I got on campus, I got out to coaches, and, you know, it just it just felt like the right decision for me at that time. So, it still is. Absolutely. Yeah. You were, were you on that visit during the, the Iowa Penn State football game when they had a ton of yeah, you guys in? Yeah, all the 18 guys, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. What why what do you remember about that visit? Like I clearly you said as soon as it was, you know, you stepped on campus, you talked to Tom and Terry, but I what like what do you remember about that that made it feel so at home? I think the coolest part for me was uh, I think like cuz it was it was a big football game, so you know, tailgaters were out, and, you know, I was my host was Jacob Warner, and, you know, walking around and I think like going to these tailgating things and like just seeing all the people walk up to like guys like Warner and Costello and all those guys, like you guys are on the wrestling team. And I mean, they're just like so excited, you know, having these general conversations with these guys. And I mean, it was just, it was a cool thing to just to see the fan base there. And, you know, just, uh, like I said, I just completely bought into it. Cause you know, that's something I want to be a part of. And I want, I want to be a part of, you know, a school that I know that I have people behind me who absolutely love what I do and love me as a person and as a wrestler as well. So no doubt, no doubt. I know Iowa always talks about, you know, having the f- best fans in the country and, you know, you, you see sold out Carver Hawkeye Arena, but, you know, it's not until you actually get to Iowa City and, you know, you see an every person, like a random Iowa fan come up to Jacob Warner or Spencer Lee or something like that, and then it's like, oh, I get it now, right? Yeah, that was one of the coolest things to me, you know, just seeing a fan fan base like that, you know, in person, in depth was just, I mean, just it was just one of the coolest things, you know, I think I've ever... I've ever seen, and you just have to, like you said, you know, be there and be able to experience that to truly understand it, you know? Absolutely. Had you been to Iowa City before then, or was that, like, your first trip ever? Actually, this is my first time in Iowa City. I've been to Cedar Falls before for, uh, like, I wrestled in preseason national a couple times. But um, but besides that, that was my first time in Iowa City, so, and it did not miss, so. <laughs> hey, man, it helped that they won a pretty epic football game, too, right? <laughs> Absolutely, and that was even more cool, so, and storming the field with all the guys is pretty cool, too, so. Absolutely, perfect storm, perfect storm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. What? Uh. So. Uh, so. Iowa was obviously the choice. What? What was the rest of the recruiting process like for you? Because I know that I. I know last summer was kind of weird, and you know you're you're part yeah. of the junior class here. So this summer, you guys really kind of got to get back on the on the recruiting trail a little bit, take some visits. What was the process like for you overall? Um. It was actually pretty. It was. It was pretty smooth. I think. I think when you know when when it, when day one opened up. Um, you know, of course, that tons of calls flooding it and all that. So, you know, it, it starts off pretty hectic and it slowly starts to die down a little bit. But at the same time, you know, it was a it was a pretty stressful process for me. Just, you know, just figuring out what schools I wanted to do officials to, if I wanted to do official to this school or not, telling the coach, hey, you know, I don't feel like, you know, I, I want to do an official here, maybe an unofficial in, in the near future. You know, it was a pretty stressful po- process, but I think I, I am. Um, I was able to manage it really well, especially like after I wrestled at who's number one, you know, I wrestled or I went, I did all five of my officials and then I did an unofficial to Penn State as well. I did my official to Missouri, 
uh, Maryland, UNC, Iowa, and Virginia Tech. So um, I did all five of those, five of those visits basically back to back to back. So I mean, I think me and my fans did a really good job of just setting those up in times that worked best for me. And um, yeah, so absolutely, yeah. What? Uh, so I, you know, I'm talking to guys like Ryder Block and Nate Jessaroga, and, and they kind of said the same thing that you did, where you know that first day where coaches are able to call you, you know, their phones are blowing up. Um, absolutely. What did you kind of, you know, I, I guess what were, how did you go about kind of narrowing down where you wanted to visit? Like, what was that, what was that process like? What were you ultimately looking for when it came to kind of trying to schedule your visits? Um, I think for me, I had to take into consideration of what I truly wanted to be, you know, what, what, I, what was my goal, not necessarily in college, but after college, you know, because committing to a school isn't just, for me, it's not this four-year commitment, you know, I, I see it as a lifelong commitment, you know, I'm not only committed to the school, but I'm committed to the community, I'm committed to, you know, possibly living in this place, you know, a few years after my, my college years are done, you know, so I think it's a, it's a lifelong commitment, and I think, I, I took all of those pieces of consideration of, you know, my goals and aspirations. You know, I want to be an Olympic champ. So, you know, at the end of the day, I had to, you know, pick out those spots where I felt like I was going to thrive as a person and as a wrestler. And um, I think, you know, narrowing down to, like I said, you know, those five official visits where where I thought, you know, I, I, I could do those things. That, and, you know, obviously, of course, the coaching, you know, had, had a big play on that. You know, the coaches had a big play on that you know being able to speak to those coaches on day one like i said you know i was able to get really good relationships with all those coaches i had official business with and you know i think hearing them talk and hearing what they had to say you know their their future for their team and not only their team but you know just years and years to come as well you know just hearing them you know that's what brought me into doing those five officials that i chose so Absolutely. Yeah. How, how hard was it to kind of, you know, cause those are five really dope schools, man. Like, and that's, yeah. you know, that, that's probably, that's gotta be a hard decision. Right. And especially like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like Mizzou, right. Cause that's where, that's where dad went. That's where, you know, like they got a good thing going down there. Um, you know, I think I, I saw, I think you, I think you posted a little bit about all your various visits that you took, but like, I, I, I say that one specifically just cause I know you referenced that one as like home away from home. Right. So like, yeah, um, absolutely. That, I mean, it had to have been really hard to kind of narrow it down and pick Iowa. Or, I mean, I maybe, I don't know, at the beginning you kind of said that Iowa kind of gave you that feeling all along. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So, no, absolutely. No, that was actually, it was, at the end of the day, it was between Iowa and Missouri, you know. And I think, I never really talk about myself having a dream school. But, you know, since I was 10 years old, I've basically grown up around, you know, the Missouri program and Tiger style in general. So, um, you know, just... I'm, since I've grown up around that, you know, it was just, it was, it felt like, it felt right to me, you know, and I think, you know, that, that that's why um, my, my final two decisions were between Iowa and Mizzou, and, you know, I think, it, it, it like I said, it was really tough, you know, having to tell Coach Brian no, because like I said, I've grown up around that program since I was 10 years old, and, you know, with Jaden being there as well, you know, it's, it's, it's home, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it is, and that's what it comes down to. I mean, my grandmother lives right down the street for me but you know i i was pretty i'm pretty set on and i've always done really well with this about you know just setting my own path and, you know doing things my way you know because at the end of the day this this is nobody's story but mine you know and i have to be able to write it so absolutely well and you've kind of shown that already right going from georgia to wyoming sem now right like you're kind of you know you're already taking a little bit of a step like that 
Absolutely. You know, I think, and I think that that was, you know, a, an important piece of schools and where I wanted to go to because I wanted to continue to, you know, set my own story. You know, I, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of, you know, Georgia guys that have come into USC, you know, um, Virginia Tech as well. You know, those are both great schools. But like I said, at the end of the day, I wanted to write my own story. You know, I want to have a different path than everyone else. So. Absolutely. Could we see a, a Wyoming Sem pipeline here? I mean, there's there's Colby Franklin. Now there's you. I mean, I, who else is going to come with you guys? I mean, I'm hoping we do. You know, I, I've, I, the coaches have told me they've been talking to Meyer a little bit too. So, you know, I would be super excited to have him there with me as well. So, you know, hopefully this, you know, this, this Wyoming Seminary to Iowa pipeline continues. So. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I think uh, I, one of the other things I, I wanted to ask you, um, what's your earliest Iowa memory? Like when you think Hawkeye wrestling, what, what, what's the first thing that you remember? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, I think for me, just I was so I was so I'm kind of close with Dan Dennis. So I think um, that's probably like one of my just one of my memories in general of him. Just um, just watching him at the Olympic trials and just that whole kind of like drama with Dan and Tony after they wrestled, you know, I think that's like one of my, one of my earliest memories and one of the memories that, you know, kind of stuck with me the most, I guess you could say, you know, it's just that one and just being so close with Dan and having known Dan for as long as I have, you know, and he was also roommates with um, Jaden at the 2016 Olympics and, you know, my dad was out there as well. So, you know, he got to talk to Dan and start a relationship with Dan out there as well. So, but yeah, I think that's probably, you know, I guess you could say most recent, not necessarily most recent memory, but just one of those memories that stuck out to me besides my visit, of course, so... Absolutely. Yeah. And it's all, I mean, that's just a really cool story, right? This guy goes from living in his truck in Northern California to making the Olympic team. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And Dan's a crazy man too, so. Oh man, that's awesome. Well, and it's, and it's funny you mentioned him, uh, maybe not funny, but like really cool. Cause I, you know, you're talking about coming to Iowa, not just for the Hawkeyes, but you know, you want to win Olympic gold uh, too. So, you know, that's obviously the Hawkeye wrestling club. That's what Dan's doing at the moment. Like this just, you know, yeah. talk about a perfect storm, right? This just seems to add to what you were looking for. Absolutely. No doubt, man. No doubt. I think that was all the questions I had for you, man, unless there was anything else you wanted to add. No, I don't think so, but besides go Hawks, so I'm excited <laughs> to be a Hawkeye, so... Great stuff from Gabe. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I did. And as you can tell, he's pretty jazzed about coming to Iowa City. That's all I've got today. Um, kind of a weird show. I appreciate you guys um, hanging with me if you still are. Um, we'll be a little bit more regular now. The second half of the season is in full swing for both college and the high school. Um, got another show planned for later this week. Hopefully we can pull that off. Um, so I will talk to you guys again this week. In the meantime, be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin, doing some stuff on Instagram as well at Cody J. Goodwin. And of course, be sure to subscribe to the Des Moines Register for all my stories, mailbags, analysis, and videos. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon.